No. Have you ever been there? To Papa Pete's Pizza? Yeah. Yeah. Pop. And when did you when you went? Did you go Papa Pizza Pizza? No, it was for uh, <laughs> little league games, like a postseason yeah. celebration. Yeah, it was. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Origins and adaptations. Adaptations. My name is Andrew. Cody here. And this is episode <laughs> 78. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's been a good little bit. 1978. Who is your favorite band to come out of that? I'm just kidding. Not of 1978? <laughs> yeah. Probably the 1975. Let me. Let me <laughs> <laughs> they didn't come out of 1978, you silly pants. Was that like when Backstreet Boys and Justin Bieber were a thing? Yeah. Yeah, way They're back. They're dinosaurs. Yeah, way back then. Yeah. Yeah, the good old days. <laughs> yeah. To early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, we have a show for you all today. Yeah? An actual real show with an talking and everything. Yeah. Oh, that's us. <laughs> Let's just get right into it, you know. <laughs> Starting with the news. In comic books, uh, not much. Frank Miller and Joe Romita Jr. Uh, are going to be jo- dropping Superman Year One this June. So we've already had a lot of the Batman family year one stuff. We've had Batman year one. There's a Nightwing year one. There is a Batgirl and Robin year one and a Teen Titans year one. Um, But we are finally, for the first time ever, getting a Superman year one. And Frank Miller is coming back to do it. So it's pretty exciting stuff. Cool. Um, I'm interested to see his take on an early Superman. Um, It should should be pretty exciting. I mean, I enjoy him enough. I think I will get at least a small kick out of it. Yeah. It's going to be... That's how I always feel with Miller. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not always enamored with his work. Mm-hmm. Like Batman and Robin, or pardon me, All-Star Batman and Robin. There's some goofy stuff there, but it's still, it's worth your time. Like the Yellow Room is pretty... Was pretty interesting with Green Lantern. I actually I liked that the th- the part I couldn't get over was do you know who I am? I'm, I'm a goddamn, goddamn Batman. Batman. <laughs> and then I remember talking to one friend who was like, "No, that's genius." Because what he was trying to do was he was trying to push him and see how he would react to the strength, and see how how Dick Grayson would react to that. And it was all intentional. It wasn't Batman just being a troll or something. I'm like, well, I don't know. Uh, it's I'm little... pretty sure he's just written by Frank Miller, who's a loony. I was going to say, I think Frank Miller is just insane. Yeah. I he mean, just, he just wanted to write like a crazy hardcore Batman. And that's what he did. He's just kind of weird in, in interviews, too. Like, um, I mean, I don't want to get into it. We've talked about him enough on the show. Frank Miller? We have. In I passing. So. In passing. For those who do not know, he's written and. He's written like 80% of comic books. I mean, he's <laughs> 80%. <laughs> uh, he's written a lot. I mean, he created 300. Uh, was Frank Miller. That's right. That is um, right. And, and The Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns. He did Batman Year One. Uh, he wrote a lot of the substantial Daredevil run, mm-hmm. uh, Man with No Fear. Uh, he which, also did some art for it. 
Yeah, which I, I'm I pretty think sure two separate runs. One, which of him, I'm pretty sure, Man Without Fear was supposed to be a limited, like an offshoot kind of thing, and they made they canonized it because it was so good. Uh huh. So, and as I've said like countless times on this show, I'm actually a huge fan of his classic art stuff. Yeah. It's I'm what I what I mean by I'm not enamored with his work. I'm I'm talking about his writing. Yeah, he is a, and that's more recent, more like the yeah. last like. Um, like twenty years or so. Um, before that, he was doing a lot of fantastic like mm-hmm. uh, sketches and and stuff in yeah. comic books, and that's just all all that old uh, X Men stuff is and and Wolverine stuff is just like untouchable. It's great art. Mm-hmm. He knows how to draw grizzled men. Yeah, like yeah. That I think that's the like his drawings are very raw. Yes, and one thing I really like about him is. I, more so that I can say for even a lot of very talented artists like um, Ethan Van Siever or even Jim Lee, uh, Miller is great at drawing distinct faces mm-hmm. for each character. Yes. He always is great with that. That's I have found that's actually one of the hardest things in uh, in art in general yeah. is just drawing different faces, especially when you're trying to draw like different female faces and different male faces. Oh, yeah. It's really like, I mean, it's one thing to be able to draw the same face over and over again well, mm-hmm. which some people accuse Jim Lee of that. Yeah. Of him kind of making Superman and Batman look the same. Well, another like, person. Same who- jawline. I mean, he can he can draw um, poses and muscles and, and like capes and all that stuff like, like yeah. nobody's business. His faces are a little repetitive, yeah. in my opinion. But what were you saying? Oh, well, another person who does that is... Uh- the per- uh, his name I will always get wrong, but he did a limited run on Aquaman, and he has a his own com- comic called Sunspot, and he. It's, I think I know who you're getting at. He drew some uh, stuff in a series called Rat Queens. Um, but he his art is fantastic. The people he draws are beautiful, like. Everyone he draws is just like they're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. His one problem is most of the time they all have the same face. Like he has a hard time drawing different faces, but that's because when you see his art, you you recognize his art almost immediately. Um, yeah, when you've seen you've seen it a lot. Um, it's like Sedjek or something like that. He's he's not oh. he's not English, and I think he's like Norwegian or something like that. Oh, I think things. I might know who you're getting at. Yeah, oh, someone who is good at both worlds, as far as like, you know, their work immediately, and the faces are very distinctive for each character. Is and he's in a league of his own, Alex Ross. Oh yeah, I mean, well, he that's can do. Everything. He does a lot of every life model stuff, and so we. I feel like every like. Five to ten episodes, we just talk about how amazing Alex Ross is. Because you have to. When your drawings sell for like $7,000, <laughs> I I think you, you deserve to be talked to every once in a while. Yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah. I still I still need one of those paintings up in my room. <sighs> that, trying to decide to who to I me, would pick. To me, that is a dream. Like, to save up and make enough that I can get a legit Alex Ross, like poster or mm. just painting i um, mean a, a poster of one of his paintings is probably what i was it's going to be che- a lot going cheaper, for yeah. but uh, yeah if you could get an actual painting bro those that's are that's the dream that's the dream yeah um i would hang hanging over my imaginary mantle 
I think where I would want my fireplace to be. You know, I think I would actually want that Shazam. The Shazam is pretty good. It's really iconic. Yeah. And it just always reminds me of the first time that I read Kingdom Come, I mean, which is... I'm a huge fan of his uh, Spectre, though. Yes. His Martian Manhunter is dope. Oh. All of his... We could just go yeah. on and on about those for days. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. All right, let's move up. Moving on. Uh, so nothing really got? in TV news, or if there was, I didn't find any. Once again, I do my best to find a lot of news, uh, but I don't know if it ever comes out um, perfect. So... Yeah. Uh, for movies, though, starting off with a, a big one, the second in-game trailer dropped um, during before our last here this in our last podcast, our last episode, um, and that is the trailer where it has everyone suited up. They're walking. It starts with the the black and white with the red uh, on it, and it's a. Uh, it strikes my hot strings. Really good trailer. Yeah, really, was... really well done. Um, they have come out and said that everything they've showed and that they will show will be within the first 30 minutes of the movie. Okay. Um, which, another piece of news is the the amount, how long the movie is has come out. It's three hours and two minutes. And so, which is the longest Marvel movie to come out. I think uh, the closest was Infinity War was two hours and 47 minutes. So it's another either 15 to 20 minutes more that we're getting in this movie than Infinity War, which was already a massive film. Mm-hmm. So put on your seatbelt, boys, because we're going for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's going to be pretty exciting. I'm, I can't wait to see where yeah. it goes. I yeah. mean, there's a couple ideas I have about what you know what I think might happen, but I haven't actually tried to overthink this one. I'm I'm no. really along for the ride, yes. and I want to play along. They they proved to me with Infinity War that they know what they're doing, mm-hmm. and I'm just everyone keeps asking me. They're like, "Oh, what are you expecting? What do you want from it?" And to be honest, I I want nothing. Like you just want it to be quality. I just want it to be quality, which they've shown me they can do. Mm-hmm. And whatever happens, happens, and I will accept it. Same. Um. I if all it, I expect if it comes is a out, good movie. I know it's yeah. gonna be good. If it comes out and it's like that was bad acting, that was bad script writing, like I will I will knock it on all those things and I will let you guys know. I I will be honest, I'm going to be objective with this movie. Yeah, but, but I think it, we'd be surprised. But if it comes to that and it has all those marks and it it doesn't go somewhere in the story that maybe I would have wanted it to go, uh, I don't care. Like I am going to accept where it's going to go. Uh What's going to happen with these characters? We've had these characters for 11 years, um, which is insane. Yeah, these that's just unbelievable to think about how long Robert Downey Jr. has, has been, been Iron Man. Yeah. That is, it's insane. I think it's one of the first times in like cinematic history where someone has replayed the same character in a movie setting, not in a TV setting, but in a movie setting um, for this long. I mean, and it also to hone in on on him it 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 respawned his career yeah cuz he was kind of a uh he was kind of a past tense name i mean it was kind of like oh remember when he was in this like weird science as a kid or remember when he was in uh, he was in a bunch of romantic comedies in the 90s and things like that and he had a drinking problem and he said many uh, times drinking he, and drug problem he had both he, yeah uh what was his drug issue 
I know he did drugs. I don't I know. know if he was if he was was he addicted to. I'm pretty sure it okay. was. Yeah. Well, I know he got into partying a lot, but he had a severe like life he, change. He had severe, yeah, alcoholism, and I think he said you know he related to the to the Tony Stark character. Mm-hmm. And obviously he did because he. I can't imagine anyone taking over. I mean, I really, I really do hope that if, if he, you know, not if when he finishes, that they kind of put that character to bed for a while. Mm-hmm. Because give it a rest. I don't, I don't want to see anyone else play Iron Man. What I am hoping for is something that they've failed in the comics to do a lot, which is bring in the next generation. Not the Star Trek series, but uh, <laughs> the. The legacy characters, I really hope they do bring in a legacy character for Iron Man. I think it would be dope if, if it is Ironheart, um, the girl that kind of is right. the, the Iron Man sidekick right now. Right, but you don't um, want you don't you don't want them to recast Tony Stark. Yes. I yeah. want I want it to be this is the next generation. Give some screen time to another character. Tony Stark had his time. I I think it would be something we've wanted from comics for so long. And for it to do well, like I am fine with Peter Parker not being Spider-Man. Don't just kill him off. Like that is one of my issues. Is like let Peter Parker retire. Let him do something. Like you have been messing with his life the entire time. Like it has been a tragedy. Mm-hmm. His life has been a tragedy. The best thing to do with the character is to give him a retired statement. Like. Yeah. He is now older. He wants to go re- live the rest of his life. Someone else has come in. He can hand it off. Like that is the best way, in my opinion, to deal with a Peter Parker is no longer Spider Man issue. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't do that. They try killing him off multiple times, and they bring in other people. And it's to me, it's just disjointed, and it doesn't flow because everyone wants Peter Parker back. Right. But if you did it in a way where it's like we can accept, well. Okay, we won't get any more Peter Parker stories, or we will, but in this like older form. Like he's not the original Spider-Man who is now like a billionaire playboy. It's like Dan Slott didn't do great things with the Peter Parker Spider-Man uh, towards the end of his run with it, and so that's why I'm excited for the Nick Spencer run with where he's starting to kind of pick up his life again and go back to who he was. So that way, maybe we can get to that point where he can just hand it off um, and live his life as Peter Parker. Um, cool. But yeah, I think that is something that needs to happen in the movies. Either Iron Man dies in some way, which I I also think would be, if it's going to happen, it needs to be done correctly. Oh yeah, not just like a not just a kill off. Um, well, I mean, yeah. That always goes without saying, but the, the sad thing is that movies always disappoint us there. But I don't think yeah. that Marvel will. I, I I think that's... I think out of the two, between Iron Man and Captain America, it's going to be Captain America. You think we he's going to die? We have two legacy characters who are, who are ready to step in and take the mantle. Um, Bucky Barnes or Sam Wilson to mm-hmm. take the mantle as Captain America. Yep. Um, I think it can be done. It's been done in the comics. And whereas Iron Man is in the state where they don't have that person to step in where if there was a movie to come out where it's the retiring of Iron Man or if they hinted at the end of this movie like Iron Man's replacement of some sort and then the next movie we're getting more of her her training or him mm-hmm. um, training 
and replacing, I think that would be an easier acceptance of his role of leaving. Whereas with Captain America, if you killed him off now, we have people who can take up his mantle. And I think the public would accept taking his mantle, especially Bucky. I think he's at a place right now where the audience will accept him as Captain America versus uh, I don't think Sam Wilson will be accepted as much. Um, not And in, in my opinion, it's not because of his race. I, I do think it's because that character just hasn't been developed enough. Whereas Yeah, people people like Winter Soldier a lot. People yes. like Bucky Barnes. Whereas in the comics it did become about race that people didn't want Sam Wilson to be Captain America because he is black. They're like, we don't have You mean a- comic book fans? Yeah. There was a lot of people writing it's kinda, well, here's that's the kinda thing. stupid here's in the my thing. opinion. It, but- it wasn't fans. It was people who saw it in the comics and then who aren't comic book fans mm-hmm. and started like, ah, right, right, Captain America. Oh, it's why like, are you making the? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, it's the same person who was a mad at the who was mad at the Wonder Woman movie that she wasn't wearing stars and stripes. And it's like Wonder Woman's always wore stars and stripes. I'm like, Wonder Woman is a Greek like warrior from the like, you know, not America. Like she's she, an Amazon. She's an Amazon. Mm-hmm. She's an ambassador to America. But she is not American. It's like, she's not a patriotic character. Yeah. So have the colors of red, blue, and gold, and white in her outfit, but it doesn't need to be stars and stripes. Like no, that was in the past. Just because, once again, she was an ambassador, so that's what she wore when she did stuff. And also, um, that was kind of just the spirit of the times. Yeah. We're talking about the fifties through the eighties. Yeah, I mean, Superman fought for. You know, truth, justice, and the American way. I'm a little old school there. Yeah. I like that slogan. I'm a yes. little sad it's been trashed over the years. It's it, Okay, truth, justice, and the American way is so much catchier than all the variations they've come up with, and that's why I like it. Yeah. Also, I think the slogan, what that, what that means is what we strive for. It doesn't mean we're trying to say that America is a flawless country. No, no. No, no country is without its scars and also its ugliness and just horrible things that it's done. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't mean that America is infallible. I, I think it's like what we what we're trying to shoot for. That's I, the way I've which, always interpreted it. Which which I understand and I I do think that's what the original interpretation is. Right. And the thing is back then Superman was fighting for America. Like mm-hmm. a lot of things that happened happened in America. So he he's an American mm-hmm. raised in Kansas. Totally makes sense. Whereas now Superman has grown above that. He is he fights for the world. Like he he fights for more than just America and that and is that, true. And that's shown like where he's fighting off planet for Earth. And so I I still understand the sentiment. I just think the and the American way just doesn't fit with the mythos of Superman right now, like who he is right now, I guess. Um, I mean, he's been an intergalactic superhero for a while. Yeah. So I, I can, I can see what you mean. I, I still appreciate the slogan of what it was. Um, he was born in a time when I actually do think it was needed. Uh, yeah. Because World War Two. Yes, we had a lot of uh, anti-worldly things of just you know um, a country who was trying to take over the entire world. Uh, and he was created by two, you know, Jewish lo- men, lower so. middle, lower yeah. middle income Jewish boys. Yeah. yeah, Jerry Siegel, Joel Schuster. So, and back then, when the American dream was something you could strive for, like you could, uh, you could hope for. 
So, uh, it's I I would say that's that's something that has evolved, uh, and become more than just the slogan itself. But what I would say is um, that maybe just forget using it altogether. I I'm in the same boat. Like. And so, I, I think what I didn't like was in, uh, well, I mean, it's a god-awful movie to begin with, but uh, even though I had a fun time watching it as a kid, uh, Superman Returns, okay. the, the, the truth, justice, comma, all that stuff, that oh, one, yeah. I just, I was like, don't, then don't, don't just don't yeah. say it. Yeah. No, I'm in like, the same boat. If you're going <laughs> it just, to- it, It's not catchy if you if just going dismiss to, it like that. If you're going to bastardize the, the quote, then just don't. Don't, don't use it. Don't use it. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I see your argument. Yeah. Destin Daniel Cretton is going to be directing the first uh, Asian superhero movie, um, I think. I don't know if there's any... Has there any been any to this day where the, the lead actor is a is Asian? Um, I the movie's don't going think to be called, so. The movie's it depends going to be what you consider a superhero Shanghai. movie. Yeah. I was going to say, because in my opinion, Liu Kang qualifies as a superhero. He's the main character in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> no, it doesn't count as a superhero movie. I mean, we're talking my opinion. It's my <laughs> rules. I make right, them right, up. Right, right, right. No, right. but no, in, in all seriousness, yeah, no, there there hasn't been. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. I, I just like Luke Kang. I know. He's a great <laughs> He's a great character. Yeah. Uh, he So Destin Daniel Cretton is going to drink Shanghai, which is the first, um, which is the first Asian- Asian lead superhero movie. Uh, if we want with Mortal Kombat, it's the second, second one, I guess. Unless, do we count? Wait, what? No, the second do, one. Do we count the it. second Mortal Kombat movie too? Is he the lead in that one as well? I guess so. So then it's the third. We'll we'll count it as the no. Third. I'm I'm joking. <laughs> I think there actually is a third one too, isn't there? Is there? I think it's a, yeah. I, I oh yeah, straight to DVD. Let's just forget about it. I'm sorry, my bad. I want to know now. Like, uh, an old coworker of mine told me that there was a straight to DVD one. I never questioned because I know I there wasn't was an animated. There was an animated movie. There was an animated movie, I believe, before the first one even came out. So there might oh. be a few animated ones. Okay, but um, Shanghai, for those who do not know, is uh, I believe it follows the master of kung fu, uh, who is a master of. Like his title, Kung Fu. Kung Fu. <laughs> um, he's one of the greatest martial artists in the world. Um, his story—I haven't read too much of into it, um, but I, the small bits I've read with him is really cool. Like he's just a really down-to-earth, like chill dude who uh, I think Jackie Chan on steroids, in my opinion, of just someone who can fight in any situation and come out on top. Cool. Um. So next, Bruce Lee. I, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, speaking of Bruce Lee, have you seen the um the trailer for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Mm -mm. It's Quentin Tarantino's new movie. Uh it has Brad Pitt and um Brad Pitt and what's I'm forgetting his name. Samuel L. Jackson. No, I mean he's probably in it somewhere. <laughs> uh Margot Robbie and Oh my gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue. What what else Titanic is Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's a lot of familiar faces yes, from his movies. Like really big, big names in this movie. Uh, but there's an there's a character who I'm pretty sure is either is Bruce Lee or is like 
trying to be Bruce Lee, like a fictionist, like fictitious version of Bruce Lee. Oh, really? Uh, and he's like, my fist, my hands are a weapon. <laughs> and he's like, if, if I was to kill a man during, like, during uh, practice, it would be declared murder. And uh, Brad Pitt goes, if you killed anyone with your hands, it would be called, <laughs> it'd be called, or they'd arrest you. It's called murder. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I messed up the line. It's really good, though. You should go watch it. <laughs> um, that trailer is really, really awesome. I'm excited for that movie. Um, Jane's Gun is back in Guardians, baby. Woohoo! What you know was that? that? Sorry. Did you know that? I was just, I did. No, I did. Yeah. I, I did. But it was just the, James Gunn. Yeah. I was just taken we've back. Just, we've talked about this for so long. He's back in the news again. Yes. I thought he was, I thought, I thought he was, we were going to get a week. I thought we were going to get at least one episode without <laughs> talking about James Gunn, but here we are. He is back. He is back in Guardians 3. Uh, this was shortly announced after they to- like told everyone that they're still using the James Gunn script. I think that was a little hint at... Yeah, we're working things out. There's a lot of conspiracy theories, and I actually believe them. Uh, I really do think conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories, because it has ne- hasn't come out. It hasn't come out why he was hired back or like why he was fired, like all of that. So here is my here is my theory. A lot of people think this as well. That I I will I, like just believe because it's the only way I can understand this whole situation. So, James Gunn gets fired for a tweet he made freaking six years ago after it becomes public, and it resurfaces. Something he apologized, you know, earlier, then even before Guardians 1 even came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, something he apologized for, said he's trying to become a better person, he's moving on, he's not that, he's not who he was. Uh, he gets fired for it, there's a huge backlash, fans coming out. The actors themselves writing petitions, writing letters to Disney saying how disappointed in Marvel and Disney they are. Paul Feige's not even making a comment about it. He has actually come out and said it was done without his knowledge. Um, And it's insane. It's one of the biggest things ever. Uh, Disney stands their ground and says, no, we will not be hiring James Gunn back. Hmm. Uh, We have let him go. He goes and gets hired by WB to direct the Suicide Squad sequel and... One of their actors, the actor who played Drax, has come out and said, "If they don't even use his script, I am He's off. off. Yeah, I am off this movie. I don't know how I will do it. I will, I will end my contract. I will be out of this series. Like I will be out of like Marvel forever, which be would be a shame because he's one of the best characters. He's an incredible actor. Uh, he does." He does well. And yeah, it would just be lame if he quit playing Drax. Yes, yes. And so then a little thing happens, uh, and James Gunn is back. He's hired back. That little thing is actually a big thing. So when all of that was happening, when James Gunn, the tweet and everything was happening, Disney was in the middle of the acquisition of Fox. That was still happening. It was still in the middle. Uh, They were still going through things. I wholeheartedly believe that Disney, when that was happening, just fired James Gunn because they didn't want to deal with any of the drama behind it. 
with shareholders and you all think? of this while they are trying to acquire Fox. I really do believe this. You're probably right. Because then uh, it was about a few weeks ago the deal finally went through. Mm -hmm. um, it is solidified. Disney is has acquired Fox. Uh, when that happened, they hired James Gunn right back. Wow. Hmm. I. It is a conspiracy theory, but it all lines up. Like, I, I really do believe that that it was a quick decision made because they didn't want to harm the the acquisition, mm -hmm. and they stood their ground so that way they could show yes, the things we promised to the things the decisions we make are final, and then once the the acquisition went through once they got it all they said okay you're back like we're going to hire you back mm -hmm. and he the beauty is James Gunn isn't a holding a grudge I actually do think this is another another conspiracy theory in my book is that they went to him explained why they did it um and I I think he accepted it and he said he's glad to be back he's excited to be back uh, Guardians three is. Guardians of the Galaxy is his baby. Um, the whole, all the characters and the script and everything he he created and he has molded uh, into what they are. So it's insane. It's been a wild ride. He's back in Guardians three. Uh, we don't know anything more about it other than that. Um, yeah. But then otherwise, mm -hmm. he is still doing the Suicide Squad movie. Um, which is officially called The Suicide Squad. So, I, it's a reboot. This is, not, reboot. this is not a sequel. This is a definitely a soft reboot. But some the, characters were recast, right? Some characters... Or probably not... Re, pardon me. Some people, some actors were, to, re, were recast, right? Uh, are rumored to. Okay. It is rumored that Will Smith is no longer Deadshot and Idris Elba is replacing him. Uh, I'm pretty sure... If they're going with Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie is back as Harley Quinn. Um, in my opinion, she was an incredibly incredible Harley Quinn. I just yeah. didn't think Harley Quinn needed to be in this movie. Like that is that is the one issue. We're I'm, bad guys. Yeah. It's what we do. Yeah, she is definitely not the main critique of that movie. Um, no. If anything, her acting and bringing that character to the screen um, made the movie better uh, because she, she portrayed the script in a respectful way to the comic character. Yeah, no, I, I thought she captured the entire essence of the character. My, my only gripe was I personally have never found anything sexy about Harley Quinn, and it, they're really playing that up nowadays. It but is it, weird. But it's not, okay, but that's not just her. They're doing that in the comics, too. Yes, yes. I yes. just, see, when I was a kid, like, I knew that about Catwoman. I knew that about mm -hmm. Poison Ivy, all, all, you know, Huntress, like, look at her outfit for frick's sake. It's yeah. just insane. <laughs> Huntress? Yeah. Remember that? The crop top with the it's in, yeah. skirt. Or like, skirt. The, or like the old or Black Canary. You know, those are yes. those are characters yeah. who have always been like sort of sexualized. But like Harley Quinn was never supposed to she be wore that a way. One piece. And she like, was, well, she wore a one piece clown suit. Full body suit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a one piece bikini. No, no, no. Which is, yeah. which is more the direction they would go in nowadays. But, yeah. uh, so she was introduced in the animated series TV show for kids and stuff, and then I don't know. They started to doll her up as more of a uh, sex symbol, a, play which was a weird playful because, sex symbol. Which is weird because they also went in the direction of, which is true. Like she was 
emotionally manipulated and abused by the Joker. Right. Um, but it it was a weird it was a weird thing of like they were objectifying her as well as trying to victimize her, and it, it it's always made me feel uncomfortable yeah. with Harley Quinn. And yeah. To be honest, when that started was uh, the Arkham Asylum games. Uh, it so? is. It's my biggest critique on the Arkham Asylum games. It's the there's a scene where Harley Quinn says, "Do you like my new outfit?" and it's very sexualized. Uh, and I really do think that that's when the Harley Quinn sexualization really started. Okay, um, was then. But not to sound too prudish, but you know. no. Uh, yeah, I would say that was probably the the worst part about. I b- I bet you ninety five percent of people out there do not feel the way I do about the Harley Quinn image thing. I was talking to um I would say a buddy, ni- 95% a buddy of, mine. of the men probably. I know there's a lot of women out there that have an issue with it. Really? Yeah. See, well it's actually so a, a friend of mine's uh girlfriend, I I know she's she's a big fan of the new Harley image. She 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 thinks that she looks cool and she looks more modern and sexy and stuff and she and I think she likes that. But which I'm fine with getting rid of the one piece like yeah, bodysuit. It doesn't have to be that ridiculous. Like, but do something tasteful. Like, one issue I have right now with DC is they did awesome things with the new Batgirl suit, going with the more combat look with it. Mm-hmm. I actually really enjoy her Burnside. Um, the purple with the the black, and she has, like, the combat boots, and it's more like a military-ish looking outfit mm-hmm. because her dad's a cop, and she is a martial artist, and she'd probably want to protect herself a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. And I was I was actually a, a pretty big fan with that, and they've now gone backwards. And it is weird how seeing her in her old kind of Batgirl suit is, I am like, that does kind of look like body paint compared to the other one. Like, yeah. It is it is interesting because I look at someone who's like Dick Grayson. I go, to me that makes sense because he grew up as a trapezist. Mm-hmm. It's just like he is used to wearing leotards, like like close to the body outfits. His whole goal is not to get hit. Mm-hmm. Like that is what Nightwing is based off of. Right. Um and where I would I would say that someone who is like no no matter the situation, a a female is going to have to prepare herself and learn how to fight in various ways to overcome athletic males, mm-hmm. um, because that's just how our bodies work. Yeah. An athletic male is going to be stronger than stronger yeah. than an athletic female. The way that they overcome in battles or in fights, are going to be with momentum. They use their speed versus speed, strength. Yeah. Um, that's not saying all females, but once again, you get outrageously strong men are going to be stronger than the outrageously strong women. Yeah. Um, I mean, in comic books, you have to at least admit that um, usually it's the overpowered... Physically speaking, it's it's the males who are more OP. Yeah, and then and that's not just... There are some females who have super strength. Yes, and that's not disregarding that. In the comics, you can do anything. Big Barda is an incredible character. Um, She's one of the new gods uh, created by um, Jack Kirby. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, she's an incredible character. If you put her against anyone, I'm pretty sure she's going to win. Yeah. Um, Except for maybe Superman, just because 
Superman. He's Superman. <laughs> uh, no, and and that's where you have the difference with her husband, Mr. Miracle, who is more magic-based. Um, he's pretty scrawny. Next to her, he's tiny. But that disregarding that, those are superhero characters uh, that like with superpowers and are enhanced, whereas Batgirl is not. <laughs> uh, she is just a normal human being who is very intelligent, and I think that intelligence takes place. She would find ways and things to do that makes her give her the advantage over someone who is physically stronger than her, mm-hmm. which is probably going to be most of the thugs she fights. Um, yeah. I'm not talking about her, her fighting me. She could probably beat me up. <laughs> she could uh, probably snap like, our necks. Yeah, it's like, yes, she's there. I know there's a lot of women out there who are stronger than me because mm-hmm. they have built up that muscle. They have done a lot of things. Um, the biggest thing is like I have more body mass, and so it's going to be harder for them to fight me than someone who is scrawnier. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of that alone. Uh, that scrawny person probably has a better fighting ability. And so, yeah, there's a lot of things that takes into place. I'm not dealing with that. I'm just talking about someone who... We believe you, Andrew. No, <laughs> I have to defend myself so many times. Uh, no, I would say the best the best uh, way to see it is how the Russo brothers did this with Winter Soldier and Black Widow. Black Widow used aerial combat, uh, used her momentum to take out her enemies. She It was never a just full-on like one-on-one fist fight like he does with Batrock. Captain America does with Batrock, Batrock where it's like fist to cuffs, we're going to go at it pound mm-hmm. to pound. She is using the walls. She's using everything to bring her opponent down. She's using uh, tools that she has because she knows. Flips. Yeah. It's something that you you know that those guys can like literally just pick her up and throw her against the wall. Like it's it's just a, a you know weight, what's funny? weight and muscle mass. I love Scarlett Johansson's portrayal of Black Widow. I have to interject this. Mm -hmm. But in that first scene you see her fight in in uh, Iron Man 2, it's so cheesy when when they do a close-up of her face and she has the whole look at look look on her face where she's she's like yeah i just i just did that (laughs) i just did that yeah Yeah. and she flips her hair back and she has her nose in the air Mm -hmm. it's just like "Ah." i'm I'm glad it's and honestly they used to have male superheroes do it all the time too i'm glad that's that's a little a little uh that's a that's an like a late 2000 that's a very superhero 2000 thing that very 2000 superhero that marvel has definitely done their best to stop yeah, oh. but just the whole, like like I said, just the whole yeah. I just took down a bunch of bad guys. Like yeah. just yeah, just the. Uh, well, I'm glad I'm glad it's a little less. Uh, I'm glad it's more subtle now. Yeah. Well, that's about it for news. Uh, only other thing is, uh, Ezra Miller is working on a script with Grant Morrison for the Flash movie, so could be interesting. Grant Morrison is a fantastic writer, uh, but I still am not excited about. Ezra Miller's Flash, so I yeah, I don't really care. Maybe if they wrote the character entirely different, I could accept him as Barry Allen. Um, For a second, I had to think about it because I was like, "Wait, Ezra Miller—that's the same dude who played Flash in the movie I didn't see." Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So we are going to move on. Uh, we are entering spoiler territory. So if you have not seen the movie Captain Marvel, Captain uh, Marvel, uh, turn this turn this off. Go watch it. Turn it back on. Listen to our opinions. Um, so yeah, we'll give you a few moments to do that. But we're we're going to be starting right about now. So we both yeah. saw this movie. Yes, we did. 
<laughs> I'm making fun of myself. Uh, Andrew. Yeah. So usually, okay, in 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 traditional ONA form, you yeah. s- you start unless w- what? Here's what do you think? Here's here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. I feel like we can be downers sometimes. So let's start with the good and end with the bad. I feel um, like they all already see where this is going. Yeah. And they're like, oh, God, these butt wipes. Yeah. So they're already starting on a down. I I can honestly say that it is not the worst Marvel, Marvel movie. No, it's not. Uh, however, it is possibly one of the most disappointing for me. I... For, I don't for, know that I would say one of the most disappointing. Um, and and this is something that I remember what I said uh, last episode, where I I try not to get disappointed by movies. I try not to have yeah, a that, bar. You, you did just like, say that. That is something I try never to say, and this did it for me. Yeah. Like I, and it's not disappointing because of the content that was in the movie. I am disappointed by how this movie was made. Like, okay, I think my biggest gripes with this movie is the movie aspect of it, not the the filmmaking yes, part of it. The filmmaking aspect, uh, not necessarily the Marvel aspect. I think they did an incredible job actually with the Marvel aspect. They showed us an overpowered Marvel character that. Uh, I don't know if they've shown can overpower Thanos. I think that is one thing that uh, I maybe took an issue with. We saw Thor rip a hole into, you know, spaceships mm-hmm. with his powers. So it's why why would his change versus hers? We know that he can, you know, teleport with the Bifrost with, you know, Stormbreaker. Yeah. Uh, we've seen... Uh, Vision's gone, so that would be a thing there. Right. Uh, no, so we've seen overpowered characters do overpowered things. Yeah. And to me, she didn't really... She flew through a ship and blew it up, and to me, that didn't show... Episode 8 style? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like... Stupid, stupid, sorry. But, but to me, it wasn't like a, okay, you'll be able to take on Thanos. Like, I, I didn't get that feeling from this. Yeah. Uh, she's strong. She's powerful, uh, but I didn't get that from there. That would that would be the only Marvel side of the disappointment I have. Okay, uh, you know much more about her capabilities in the comics than I do. I don't yeah. really know. I don't really know much about what she's done in the comics. Um, she's just a super powered cosmic being. Um, I mean, I I know that much, yeah. but as far as like the level of her power, uh, I would say honestly, she isn't close to Thanos. In the comics, um, she isn't. No, she she's very powerful. I would say she's above the Asgardians. Um, you think she's more powerful than Thor? Yes, power level, strength level. No, like if they fought hand to hand, I think Thor would beat her. But her cosmic powers are stronger than. <laughs> okay, his. I could see that. Um, I could see that. Unless he has Odin power, and then Odin power supersedes everything. But right. Uh. Which I think he does in the MCU. I don't. It's very vague on what his strength is from. But uh, no, uh, in the comics, the only person who has co- been able to face Thanos um, 
with a chance is Adam Warlock. Uh, who is the one who actually, you know, reverses the Infinity War snap? Like, Adam Warlock is the one who is able to uh, undo all of that. He's able to defeat Thanos. He's He is incredible, incredibly powerful. I don't think he's going to be a part of Endgame. They hinted at him at the end of Guardians 2 when he's in the golden egg at the end and they say, wake up, Adam. Um, that is Adam Warlock. Okay. Uh, I think he's going to be more Guardians 3 character. And so I don't know. I think they're trying to replace that with Captain Marvel. Um, but they lost Vision. I think that was the biggest thing. Losing Vision and Scarlet Witch, those are two powerful beings. Yeah. Scarlet Witch was able to hold Thanos back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vision, when he's not crippled by a, <laughs> a, st- a spear, is extremely, extremely powerful. Oh, yeah. Um, which is why they had to cripple him. Like, there was, that was going to be a, that fight was going to be not as one-sided uh, with Vision on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, they, they showed that power, but they didn't, to me, they didn't show Enough to stop Thanos. Um, yeah, in that. So, and how about your filmmaking critique? There's a lot here. Um, number one, I have really never complained about the music in the Marvel movies. I know they've all been kind of meh and not super memorable, mm-hmm. m- like the DC can- tends to be. They more have the more memorable music, except for Aquaman. I can't. Or Justice League, or Suicide Squad. Really, really, I the think old DC stuff. All the like, all yeah, the old, old Superman, DC, but like the Wonder, Nolan, Wonder Woman's, movies. Wonder yeah. Woman's theme is very memorable. Yeah. I, the Man of Steel theme is very memorable for me. Um, not so much the BVS. Uh, where I ha- I know like the Avengers, and I know Winter Soldier just because I've seen it so much, and I know Iron Man's. Like Iron Man's is kind of memorable um, for me. But the problem is, like, I can't hum the the Marvel movie ones, except for maybe the Avengers. Uh, I like the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, but I will complain about the music in this movie. Uh, number one is they tried to do Guardians. They tried to do, we're going to play 90s music because it's in the 90s. And my issue with that is that was not the point of Guardians point of guardians is that he had a cassette tape when he was taken into space and all the music on that cassette tape was 80s music when he is listening to music that is the music playing right constantly shows either he's pressing play or something's happening when it's not it is the guardians the galaxy music playing um the just the natural score instead of the the um 80s pop music whereas with with Captain Marvel, they just played it. Like, it just would happen randomly. And she's like, I get it. And this was, this is one of my biggest issues is they forced the 90s so hard. Like, just in your face with, yes, I get it, we're in the 90s. 
Uh, can you show me in more subtle ways that we're in the 90s? Okay, I will. So, yeah, this is where I kind of do want to come in a little bit. Um, I will agree with that, actually. So I actually thought one song was used very well. Um, They start playing the song I'm Only Happy When It Rains by Garbage when she's in, I believe, when she's in the bar. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yes, Um, because it's playing on the jukebox. Right. I I like that. But one one thing I I will add that I think kind of underscores your point is, I wish they'd focus less on dropping all these little references to mm-hmm. things and focus more on just like how the cars look, yeah. the haircuts the people have. They kind of like, yeah, she wore leather and a flannel and a nine-inch nail shirt, but it looked like stuff that you, you could have bought at the mall yes. today. Yes. Um, is it that important to me? Like in the grand scheme of things, not really. But if you threw in fewer tracks from 90s groups like you know at the end they play that song by hole uh, i'm forgetting the name of the song but it's like well i mean it's not the point of the movie is not that it happens in the 90s yes one thing i wish they would have done is make if you're going to have a movie take place in the 90s make make the uh, haircuts and cars and and just you know buildings and things you see make that look more 90s stranger things is a beautiful example of how to time hop that but that show looks like it was taken straight out of the mid 80s yes because not every person is dressed up like an 80s pop star right like they're dressed up as people in the 80s yeah i think that was one of my they issues. give certain characters the dorky haircuts yeah. from different times they make or almost from, that, or from every, that time they make almost every character dressed up like a 90s grunge kid and it's like not everyone was a '90s grunge kid. Yeah, like it's I, just it's, it's been immortalized because of the stars who passed away. Exactly, and, and what's and, popular in modern culture. Because the grunge culture, I mean, honestly, in in many ways, like not only just the music, but just fashion, flannels, band tees, et cetera, et cetera. That's kind of lived on. Yeah. So it's like, oh, this is what people are familiar with. We're just gonna hit you over the head with. This but I, grungy but thing. Like, but I'm thinking like, about my childhood in the 90s, and that wasn't the case at all. Like, uh, one piece jumpsuits for women were like a thing. Yeah. A lot more in the 90s. Multicolored clothing. Like, multicolored weird, clothing. Weird, weird stripy stripe. things. Yeah. Like, yes. They didn't have any of that shit. None of that was in it. And it's like, I just remember everyone was wearing that. Like, mm-hmm. just. Because here's the and thing. And just goofy Nine, haircuts. Just really, yeah. really goofy. They didn't weird, have any of that either. Like, I don't. Everyone focuses on the grunge. The '90s was like a like a huge hip hop scene. Yep, like a huge hip hop scene. And they did play a rap song or two. I'm trying to remember which one it was. I but just, but I just remember that the hip hop clothing style influenced everyone else's clothing style a little bit more than the grunge scene did. Probably, like, yeah. Like that, the weird stripy stuff was like very much. You know, maybe not hip hop, but like windbreakers like, and like baggy pants yeah, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Or just like pump up the jam. Was yeah. that nineties or was that eighties? That's like probably ninety. Okay. It's. I mean, but like, just you go watch that music video. That's nineties. Like, that's what people dressed up as. Yeah. <laughs> like that is what people dressed up as. Um, especially okay. So I will say this, especially in the suburbs, yeah. which is where it takes place. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, you yeah. had the you had, you had the weird floofy hair. Uh, yeah, that a, wa- a lot of women wore like even today. I was looking at a picture my mom had posted that was like from the nineties, mm-hmm. um, and 
my mom, my, cause my mom was like, I had just given birth to Andrew. I like, I was born at the beginning of the nineties. So most of my childhood was just nineties. And then like my adolescence was in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. But, uh, someone was like, why, what am I wearing in this? Like there's one of her friends said that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it was the nineties. Like yeah, we yeah, just yeah. wore whatever. And I think that's something that was missing from this like it was there was just so much in this movie where i i just i didn't feel back at home like i didn't feel back in the 90s because i don't know it's like the only moment was when they were inside the room on the computer yeah, that was cool. When they're on the, the computer up? and the dial-up, yeah. and it's like, and the, like, having the disc load. Yeah. And it was I, like- I, That was cool. It was like, stuff like that. It's like, okay, I can, like, this is fine. I can relate to this. When they were in the warehouse and they were going through the archives, I was like, okay, this feels more like old school 90s. Yeah. Like, it's it, that in-between zone of, you know, technical and- uh or it's like digital and analog, like that was definitely a the the transference was yeah happening in the nineties and then it it transferred in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it it did that aspect well, but just like the scenery to me, it just yeah. I felt like they were that. trying too hard to yeah. I would agree, trying too hard to hit us over the head with an edgy uh, kind of grungyish soundtrack and trying to make i don't know make the 90s look too much like now either now or late 80s like they tried to they did this weird like i don't know it it was just a weird mixture of like we don't really know what the 90s is i don't know why it's so hard to get right it's got a very distinctive look and this is something that my friend aj We've talked about a little bit. They is, did it better than the movie, definitely, maybe. I think I've said that yes. before on the show. That that movie takes place in 91 in, in parts, and Ryan Reynolds' hair looks so 2008. Yeah. It's like you could have given him a wig or anything. Yeah. No, nothing. Nothing. Ble- Just so Bleaching so, hair in the, in the 90s was a big thing. Bleaching? I wasn't bleaching. It, wasn't it was that? early 2000s and 90s. I like. Yeah. I know, yeah. It was late nineties. They could they could have done they could have done anything, but like I'm I oh I remember uh in in that movie uh, Isla Fisher is wearing Uggs, and it's yeah. ninety one. It's like are you no <laughs> that was not no yeah. no 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 keep going. Um, no, but he he had a point that maybe it is true is nineties <laughs> are a joke. Like just you look at the eighties and you look at like the seventies and like the to us it's kind of cool. Uh of how people dressed and the music and whereas the nineties era is, is kind of a jokish era. Like, like we were saying the stripes and the weird colors, like it's not attractive. Like, (laughs) like if those, if that fashion scene came back, I would be, some of it is. And it's annoying. Like it's to me, it doesn't look good. It did. Yeah. I, I don't know how it looked good to people back then, um, I think 80s style looks definitely better, and I think 70s looks pretty much any other era. Like to me, looks better than the than the 90s. The 90s look. Um, it depends. Like I mean, maybe they were trying to throw the grunge at us, to throw the grunge at us, 
because it's the style from that era that has aged well. I think it. I think that might be it. It's, and once again, her wearing grunge is fine. Like if that's what she had to wear, because like that is a '90s thing. It was, it was just, just the it was only just, thing they did. It was over the top. Like give her a Nirvana shirt. Cool. Then they gave her a flannel. Okay. That she tied around her waist. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And then, <laughs> did she have a denim jacket or a leather jacket? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, okay. Now we're just you're just going full on. You're just going right in there. Yeah. Uh, starts off with her falling into a blockbuster. Okay. I did kind of like that, which is like weird that. for me because up here in the Northwest, uh, Hollywood blo- video, Hollywood video, and was more of a thing than blockbuster was. Hey, you know what though. At that time, folks, it would have been L.A. Video. Ooh, there you go. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but for a while it was called L.A. Video. Yeah, I just... This is true. Yeah. I I just find it funny that, like, I I think... I don't think... I didn't start going to Blockbuster until, like, the mid-2000s. That's funny. Um... I I don't know. I I feel like stay away from the time hop thing unless you're going to commit to it. Yes. That's the way I feel. Without just smacking people over the head. And that comes back to my... My biggest gripe with this movie, they smacked you over the head with the plot explanation with a like a hammer it, or a brick. It's just like you you had like you understood everything and they wanted you to understand everything. Nothing was subtle. Nothing was subtle. I agree. Like the I, I, the mo- I feel like, like the, the exposition was it was just like really not very creative. Oh my gosh. The biggest thing for me was uh, when they're doing the autopsy on the scroll. Mm-hmm. The first when the yeah, and he oh, leaves, yeah. and it's like the like the director who is a scroll is there, and he's like, "You you can leave now. I'll like I'll take care of this." And then he starts speaking to it. And he's like, "My brother." I was like, "Okay, so now you've just given away that he's a scroll, which would have been a better scene." When you find out that he actually is the scroll, like, it would have been a better like, reveal later. Are on. you kidding me? Like yeah. this is very, this is amateur, amateur hour, and th- these are things that disappointed me. I was like, this is the same, like this is the same thing that did the reveal of Winter Soldier. Like, I know a lot of people are like, okay, it's he looks like Bucky Barnes, but there was never an instant where. Winter Soldier went, or someone was like, oh, he used to be Bucky Barnes. And then when they reveal it's Bucky Barnes, you're like, what? <laughs> it's like, Do you think it was maybe that people were expecting him to be evil? Because I was. Well, so, but, but at that moment, you're still not given that. You're given someone who cares about his fellow warrior, soldier, dude. Yeah. Like you don't get the reverse switch in the good guy scenario until they get to the house. Yeah. So it, it's that's the weird part to me of just how many times uh, they called her Vares and it's just like, oh, well, if you would have just said, yeah, her name was Carol Danvers, and it's like, oh, that makes sense. That's why Vers. Like, okay, but no, they did the whole. Her dog tag says Carol Dan, and the other side says Verse. <laughs> yeah, they did that. So about her nine name times. is Verse. Oh, I'm just like, I hate this so much. Um, there was just a lot of that, 
even to the point where AJ predicted the f- like end credit scene. Really? Like straight up predicted it. He turned to me and he said the end credit scene is going to be the cat on the desk throwing up the tesseract. That was the end credit scene. That's funny. And it was just like it was a very predictable movie that showed you everything and made sure you saw everything and I was done. No subtlety. No subtlety. And I was done when she got shot with the Nerf gun and they decided to do a close-up of the chick looking at the gun and it's a Nerf gun. And I was like, why are you doing this right now? Shoot her with the Nerf gun. It's like, we know. Literally everyone in the audience Somehow went, I figured it out <laughs> yeah. that it wasn't a real gun. gun. It's when <laughs> the Nerf dart hit her. And it's just like... Everyone in the audience would have gone, oh, yeah, because she shot her with a Nerf gun because it's the 90s. But no, we have to show you that's the 90s by showing you that this is a Nerf gun. Yeah. It's just like, this is aggravating. This is aggravating. Uh, That it was just all throughout the movie. One thing I do, like, there's a lot of those things. Also, Brie Larson was not good. Like, everyone else around her acted uh, miles ahead of her. Yes. Like, every, uh, okay. It is a it was a wooden performance that had snippets of charm, which uh, she came through in those charm moments. But for some reason, anytime she had to play Captain Marvel or the just the superhero character, mm-hmm. it was the most awkward thing. She had the most awkward physique run. The way she would stand, it was just like, yeah. are you... Like what is the people who aren't even human are acting better human? Yeah, they're, than yeah. You. She holds herself weird. She turns her head weird. Her facial expressions are silly, like un or not silly, unnatural. Yeah. There's one scene where she does this like sideways smirk, and I'm like, it's it was it was like she was like trying to be cute, <laughs> yeah. and it actually it kind of wigged me. I was like, I was like, Ugh. Ugh. like 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 it was <laughs> it was weird. She couldn't actually show all of her teeth when she smiled. Yeah. I don't know if that's part of the Captain Marvel character, is it? No. Okay. So so it isn't like she's supposed, nothing, nothing she's not supposed to be like that. Nothing she did in this was well so we talked about sexualized characters in the DC. Captain Marvel is a sexualized character in Marvel. She wasn't in or, the movie at or all. Or Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel is. So Captain Marvel not so much, but Miss Marvel definitely was. I didn't think she was in this movie at all. No, which so is, that's, I'm fine with. That's great. Yes. Which so that brings me to my point of those are all the bad things uh for me. Uh Exposition, uh, music, edit like there was a lot of editing things where Captain Marvel would show up over here and then show up over here. Inconsistency with shots. It was to me it was just weird. Um, some of the CG, uh, the space CG I was fine with, but like a lot of the cat CG stuff, I was just like that is very clearly a CG. The anime. cat CG wasn't good. Yeah. That being said, okay, before this, you can go any further, I want to say I thought the CG in this was way better than the CG in Black Panther. Correct. Though I liked Black Panther more as a movie. Yes, but I think this also fault like is dealing with the same thing that Black Panther did. It's coming out right before Avengers Endgame. <laughs> where is same thing. where is all of Marvel's CG budget going towards? Marvel's in Marvel in game, right? Like of it's course. Avengers in game. That is where that all that money is going. So, I get it. It's probably the best they could do with what they had, um, which was it was decent. It was fair. It just to me, other movies have done it better. Other Marvel movies, Doctor Strange has incredible CG for it. Uh, oh yeah. To me, Ragnarok has really good CG. Ragnarok uh, and Doctor Strange, in my opinion, are. 
the two best style. Well, okay, I guess I gotta say the first Guardians too. Guardians is the first, off the chart. The too. first Guardians and the second as one well. has the second one has incredible CG. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It, I thought I thought we talked about how it wasn't as good as the first one, um, which is kind of weird because it's a sequel. Usually, sequels are better in terms of budget. I don't remember. Um, no, uh, let's move on. All I want to do is I want to underscore that I also was more impressed by everyone around Brie Larson. Yes. I thought the little girl she acted with was, was really better. was really good. <laughs> yeah, um, I. I don't know why I was just like, and here's the thing is I actually, I really liked her character in 21 Jump Street and I've seen tidbits of her, of her acting from, from other films and I was really, okay, I would, I, I would say I was most disappointed with her acting in this movie. Yeah, honestly, I just yeah. like you, you already said it wooden best explains her mm-hmm. acting and this is the way I interpreted it when I watched it. She was acting the way a kid would interpret, oh, this is how a badass superhero needs to act for this yes. scene. Yes, yes. Too many, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be stoic and then give you a slight little smirk just to zest things up a bit. Yeah. Did you catch that? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, it's like she, you can show emotion. You can, yeah. like, she's not supposed to be this blank face stoic character necessarily. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, I don't, and I, I just I don't think- know. I think you can be uh, one one you can, one you, example is Rosa from work. Brooklyn Nine Nine. My thing is, I think Brie Larson doesn't have that. She doesn't have the either the acting capability to, to do it, or she just is a, she just doesn't have the face for it. Like uh, Scarlett Johansson does stoic well. Yes, I mean there's there's a there's a lot of people who do stoic well. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we know Evans and and Hemsworth do it well when, yeah. when they do it. Um, Scarlett Johansson showed way more emotion in in the end scene, in the, probably in the post credit scene, when you can see that glimmer of a tear in her yeah, eye. Do you yeah. remember that? Yes, that was better acting. Oh no, no, I, I, when she shows up in that scene, I turned to both Aaron and AJ, and I was like, everyone in that room in that scene was a better did a better acting job. Than she did in that entire movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, like the sense of loss and like distraught, just it showed, and they did an incredible job with. Um, but I would say, unless you have anything more to say on the bad side of this, no, I don't. I I do want to talk about the good things because there was a lot of good things about this movie. Um, things I did enjoy. I'm not. I I don't want to say this movie was an entire loss. Um, first of all. All the other characters around her and actors did a great job. Yeah, overall um, the acting. Okay, it's just her. Yeah. Overall, the acting was fantastic. Samuel Jackson did a great job. I loved Monica Rambo's character, mm-hmm. who is, which we found out is used to be one of the Captain Marvels. Mm-hmm. Um, which it'd be cool if she somehow got a part of that in some way uh, later on in the the universe. Um, yeah, Monica. But maybe not because it's 20 years later and she's probably like 50, 60 years old or something like that. Oh, yeah. I think her daughter... So here's the thing. It would be awesome if her daughter becomes Ironheart. Like, because she's like... Her daughter said, you don't know, I could go into space. Like, I could build, build a spaceship um, yeah. to Samuel Jackson character. I think she's someone who could be smart, could be, could be intelligent. I'm sticking in the books. Maybe that would be one of my favorites. Uh, 
uh, the bad guy, the scrolls. Yeah. The prosthetic on the scrolls was really well done. I liked that too. It like, reminded me of Star Trek. Yes. Like the new Star Trek movies. Yes. It was, in my opinion, it was done really well. The only way you could probably do the scrolls. Sorry, I have to interrupt you. I know you said no more bad things, and then yes. something came to my attention. Yes. We overlooked one thing that you told me that you really didn't care for the Nick Fury eye. Oh. We you, do. You, did you did, remind I, I, me? <laughs> well, because we're being honest. Yes. And you told me that was a big thing for you. So that's part of the story. And then uh, let's go back to the good. I'm so okay. sorry, folks. Gosh, our listeners are going to hate me right now. <laughs> the Nick Fury eye is the stupidest way that Nick Fury lost his eye with a freaking cat scratch from this alien cat. I, I am annoyed because I just watched Winter Soldier as well, and he goes, the last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. It's a badass story. Oh, crazy, because it was said in this badass movie. Oh, but what's this? It happens in this joke of a movie. Not joke of a movie, but the movie... Joke of a scene. Like, it's a joke of the scene for it, and that's my thing. Like, this movie to me exemplifies people's concerns with the burnout and the repetitiveness of Marvel movies. Like, none of this movie was serious. Like, there was no serious outcome from this movie, even the way that Nick Fury loses his eye is a joke. And it's just like, cool. Like, I, so this could have been a really solid, just serious A friend of mine movie. told me they liked that, they, they, they thought it was amusing, thought it was funny how he lost his eye. And I was like... It's the same people that say a good movie is because it's funny. Yeah. In my opinion. All I'll say is um, I want to see I want to see more stakes yes. in a Marvel movie. But then, yes. okay, so... That's the eye. That's the eye, that's the eye issue. It's yeah. just nothing being taken seriously. Okay, now on with the positive. Roll okay, it. Roll going back. All the other characters, I love the scrolls. I loved uh, Ben Mendelsohn as the lead scroll was awesome. Um, yeah, that was he's, awesome. He's he's a great character, uh, great actor. Samuel Jackson, once again, other than that scene at the end, he did an incredible job throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, played an awesome Nick Fury, and then an uh, awesome pre badass Nick Fury. Yeah. I mean, he's he's still kind of he still he seems a little wet behind the ears. Yeah. And then I enjoyed the uh, rookie the rookie agent Coulson. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. I I loved seeing him younger. I was like, I was like, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I I that might be about it. <laughs> um, okay, so I actually the one thing I really did like I, I hear what you're saying with the cat, but overall, folks, I actually really like the weapons and the CG and the suits. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The suit. The, the, the not gonna lie. Oh, and and the scene where the little girl picks the suit color for her. Yeah, that was that was pretty dope. Yeah, that that reminded me of like if if I had been a kid and I had seen that scene, I'd be like. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you you got to have a suit moment. In so a, I'm now in a, reminded in a superhero. Flick. I'm now reminded of another thing I didn't like about this movie. What's that? So they took <clears throat> one of the most powerful superheroes in the Marvel universe uh, and made him a frail old woman, and that pisses me off so much. Are you talking about the character that Annette Bening played? Yes. Captain Marvel. Oh yeah. Or not Captain. Like just Marvel. Just Marvel. She's a scientist who goes to Earth and builds a time thing. Ah gets shot immediately. <laughs> like like, are you kidding me? She gets out and just like blam, you're dead. Okay. I was like, this is Marvel. This is okay. This is uh it hurt. 
it hurts so bad. Like, I am fine with the gender change. Make Marvel a woman. Cool. Make her a badass. Like, seriously. Are you... It, it aggravated me. Aggravated me. I was, actually, when we first started talking about the, the negatives, I was going to ask you what you thought of Annette Benning's portrayal. But it was there again, it wasn't her fault. I thought no. her, her acting was her, fine. Her acting was fine. It... It, it was, was the writing. It was the writing. It was the script. Um, which brings me to my, I actually think the last good thing about this movie is this, in my opinion, did woman empowerment better than Wonder Woman. Uh, it showed women characters interacting with each other uh-huh. in a non-cheesy, like cringy way. Like it I just, agree. It just showed women living as women. They dealt with certain things. The scene where she's like, with the bike and the guy's like, why don't you smile more? And then she just keeps on reading and he goes freak. And it's just like the stuff she dealt with and the stuff from like the eighties that she had to deal with, like the cockpit scene. Um, to me, it, it did that better than the the women are better stuff that wonder woman did where it just showed no, we're capable. You know what I really liked? Uh, some people might actually find this part cheesy. You didn't mention it. So I'm guessing you didn't. Um, I liked that scene when it showed her getting up all those different times. Yes, that shot. That was good. Yeah. That was that actually. I I. Uh, the only thing I didn't like is the end of all those shots. I like the getting up part, but once again, how she holds herself is the most awkward thing in the world. Oh, you mean <laughs> you mean you mean uh, like finally once when she gets she, up when and she she's stands like, up, she's, like, she's like she's like <laughs> I'm like. What is this? <laughs> Who are you? No, her her. Uh, is that pa- how you get up every time? Her power stance is weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like she has to crap or something. I don't know. Sorry, that's kind of weird. Yeah, but, but it's like it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a weird just, little power like, stance. Like that she every does. time you stand up, is that how you stand? Like it's like no human <laughs> does that. Are you that way at four in the morning right. when you're peeing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, uh, but yeah. Other like other than that, it did a really good job. I think this is a character that. A lot of girls can look up to, a lot of girls can idolize to be, um, just like boys have Captain America, Thor, Iron Man. Um, it's a character that they can they can look at and go, I I also deal with things and I, like I wanna stand up and I wanna do all this and I think it was a good it was a good message there. They did an incredible job with that. Mm-hmm. Um it just hurts that it was with this character or with this actress <laughs> um yeah in that role yeah where where i think gal godot is a better actress um and portraying her character than, yeah than brie larson was yeah gal godot was special yeah. actually gal godot as wonder woman as far as like her her acting goes um i, I know i know people complain about you know her not being amazonian enough not being muscular enough yeah. whatever um her her way of speaking and and just her her charisma almost kind of reminds me of like when I when I was a kid and I first saw like the Christopher Lee Superman mm-hmm. Christopher Lee Christopher <laughs> Christopher oh my god that would be freaking scary oh. <laughs> <laughs> No uh, I mean it, when I first saw the original Christopher Reeve Superman mm-hmm. that's kind of her her charm yeah. and and her uh her you know, just her vigor and her pride mm-hmm. reminded me of of that, and I th- I thought Gal Gadot was magic as Wonder Woman. Yeah, 
uh, Brie. I just can't say the same for Brie Larson. Yeah. Uh, but as a as far as the narrative, the message of the movie, I thought that I, if you if you're talking about that side, I, I could say Captain Marvel might have been even better. Yeah. Wonder Woman kind of turned its message on itself when she said that all you need is love. Yeah. And they, then, they decided to quote the Beatles. I don't yeah, know why that came yeah. into play. <laughs> but um, when, that, when that wasn't the message of the movie. No. And one thing they even showed, something that I have said, and I think just Marvel knows how to do it, is showing the strength differences between female and male. Uh I would say when across it, the board, destroying the showing the strengths and differences of people from different backgrounds. Yes, where including gender. Yes. Well, I mean, in that scene, she was fighting uh, um, Jude Law's character, the fist, to, the hand to hand. Jude Law knew in a hand to hand fight he could beat her. Mm-hmm. Like they both had Cree blood, mm-hmm. he was stronger than her. Yeah. Um, on a power level, he's not. He's not even close. And so that's why at the end he's like, you know, let's not disappoint. Don't disappoint me. Let's fight. Let me see what you can do. And she's like, I don't need to prove myself to you. Yeah. And I love that. that and then that she shoots writing. him. I was like, that was awesome. As much as we didn't get a, we didn't get a boss battle at all, which a villain battle at all. Um, that's true. We didn't get that, but I in I enjoyed that aspect. Of she's like, no, I'm just going to shoot you. Yeah, right but now. you know that does almost set it apart. Yeah, the fact that we didn't get a, a a boss villain showdown. I mean, we barely get one in the any other except for the Russo brother movies. <laughs> we don't get a boss villain, even in Civil War. There's usually a moment where it's like they're it's like a poor man's version of it. Iron Man Two was you know a saying? poor man's version. Iron Man Three had more of a boss ending battle. I Thor liked, Ragnarok definitely did. I liked here. Here's why Doctor I, Strange did. Yeah, that was insane. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Doctor Strange was just all around a fantastic movie. Um, oh, I you you mentioned Ragnarok just now, right? Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Oh, that, that <laughs> oh and, yeah. gosh, oh, that man. Val, that uh, Asgard scene is. If you're one of if the you're best. playing, first of all, if you're playing Led Zeppelin during a Thor fight, I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, yes, it fits it so well. Well, and the thing is, like, I mean, I think everyone loves that part of the immigrant song, but for me, I'm just I'm a massive Led Zeppelin fan, and that's one of my all time favorite. Led Zeppelin songs from one of my favorite Led Zeppelin albums for one of my favorite superheroes of all time. Yeah. I'm a, I love Thor. Yeah. And I was so, I, I, I turned into such a fangirl the moment when he, you know, when he's in his own mind and, mm-hmm. and his, his father says to him, are you the god of hammers? hammers. Yeah. What are you the god of? And then of? the lightning strikes. And it's like, and... Yeah! yeah! I got that moment like in Step Brothers when uh, Seagal breaks the dude's thumbs and Brandon and Dale go, yeah! yeah. <laughs> it was, that was kind of how I felt. Yeah. Um, but but no, I, I think uh, one Marvel movie that I did get that feeling from, even though I know you've said this movie countless times the battle doesn't hold up um the first iron man fight um i liked because i liked the dialogue i thought the stakes were high i thought i actually oh i like the first iron man fight oh i thought you said no the second one doesn't hold up okay for some reason i thought a while back i know just now you said number two but for for a while i thought you said you also thought the first one no i like the warmonger iron man fight okay yeah okay i know Okay, yeah, no. So so you you just thought that some of the C, some of the CG hasn't ha- hasn't held up. But the but the 
the stakes of the fight itself were good. Yes. Okay. Because it being the first one, you didn't know what was going to happen. So, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, we kind of touched bases on all those things. I'm trying yeah. to think what 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 stone have I, we left I will, unturned. I will finish it with something that once again AJ said, and I actually agree with is this movie tried to do so many different elements that other Marvel movies have done better. I um, can get behind that. And I think I think that's really how I felt. And so when it ended, I just the my disappointment was this was the first Marvel movie that I could see myself because even when Dark World ended, when I had seen it the first time, I still thought like I liked the Dark Elves, and that was all cool. It was the second time I tried, the third time I tried watching it, where I was like, I really can't deal with this Earth stuff anymore, or yeah. uh, freaking. I forgot her name already. Uh, I, I did too. I know who you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> um, Gosh, uh, her as a character, uh, like uh, Natalie Portman's Nat- character. Yeah, Natalie Portman's character. Like, uh, I just I couldn't deal with her as a character anymore. And was, her less than useless sidekick. Oh my gosh, it was just so bland. It was everything was just so bland and. What boring. is her name? I've said it so many times. I've said it so many times. Jane Foster. Jane Foster. Yeah. You know what? You know what name came into my mind. It's it's hilarious how oh. off it is, but syllabically rolls the same. Carol Marcus from Star Trek. Oh, <laughs> you know how I remembered Jane Foster? I had to think back to Kevin. You know what he's with Jane? Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I had to go. I had to think of Kevin. I read Kevin. Just goes. What are you, you like with Jane you Foster? With Jane. <laughs> Jane Foster. And so, like, I always, I, I had to think of that. Oh, my but. gosh. That's funny. So, I, like, if you, I would say see this movie. There are stuff, there is stuff that will show this character um, as the character who will be in Endgame. So, it, in my opinion, you should see this movie before Endgame. Um, so, you get more of this character. Yeah. So, but that is about it. That's everything we got. Uh... All I will say... See you next week. Oh, yeah. All I will say, if we're talking predictions for Endgame, mm-hmm. the, not predictions, but if we're talking about expectations, all I will say is I... And I'm not saying I have any reason to think this. It's just a, a feeling that I have that I have to just mention here. I really hope that Thor is not one of the characters they kill off because I would like at least one more Thor movie. Ragnarok being the best Thor movie, I hope to see at least one more and I want it to be as good or better. Okay. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, lately I've just been thinking about how much I really enjoy He's, Thor so in Ragnarok talking and about all Thor, the other movies. Thor has been, Chris Hemsworth has been playing an MCU character the second longest, or third longest. No, second longest. Second. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. We don't think about it. But... Well, thank you all for listening. Have a good rest of your life. This has been episode episode. 78. Bye. Bye.